And now, a word from our sponsors. Need a catch-up session on what you missed last week? Now you're listening to ArchD Radio, the podcast mix. Life of Femme James here with you. I hope you're having a fantastic evening. I know I am, and I've got a very special guest here with me today. And it's the very first time we've ever actually had a chance to sit down and have a chat. Do you realise this? We've yes. never literally, well, we, we've known each other for a very long time, or I should say we've known of each other right, for a very long time. Uh, Selena Sukaru is my very special guest on the show today, and it's going to be wonderful to actually get to know you a little better through this conversation. The reason we've kind of known each other is because our planets have kind of been in orbit with one another right. um, for a while, both, I guess, in terms of like events that um, the Catholic Youth Offices mm-hmm. put on and stuff that I was involved with, with the Australian Catholic Youth Festival, and also other musical things that we've actually played on stage before playing music as well so because music's been such a huge part of your life and your family's life for probably as far back as as you could remember I think that's right James it's it's whether I'm you know doing for work or whether it's to do with church or in my own life it's it's pretty much I live and breathe music whether it's for faith or not I just I love the whole concept of music do you remember the very first time you ever remember I guess not hearing music Mm. but I kind of like getting involved with music with your family do you remember yeah, it's insane because Fiji, um, Fijians are very known for their musical talents, mm-hmm. whether it's mostly for singing. Um, but for me, I think it would definitely have to be when I first picked up a guitar. I remember watching Taylor Swift. I was year, in year four, so I was nine years old okay. when I picked up the guitar for the first time. I saw this blonde woman singing and she picked up this instrument and I was like, wow, she can do both. And I remember from that moment on, because I've, I've always loved singing. From that moment on, I was like, I definitely want something to accompany the voice, you know, when, yeah. you, when you sing. So it's not so empty and acapella. And at that time, I was still getting used to singing without the music. So keeping it in tune in the right key was very important to me at that time. But yeah, right. um, yeah definitely picking up the guitar for the first time was my first real exposure to getting involved with music. And yeah. what was the first song you learned? Do you remember? Oh, my goodness. It would definitely have to be 15 by Taylor Swift. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's a big surprise. (laughs) I was not 15, but I love No, but it was Taylor Swift. There's the connection there. We're going to be chatting a lot more about your musical journey and your faith journey as well, Mm. because I know that's a huge part of your life. And uh, and it's not just a huge part of your your own faith life, but also the way in which you you work within it, you express it, you work with others, you work with parishes, you work with young people. In fact, the reason that you're here in the office today is to actually pick up some equipment so that you can go and do some more stuff. We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. (laughs) And now... You are listening to ArchD on Life FM, and I'm really sorry to everyone who heard me say David Guetta and went, it's Guetta, it's Guetta. I know, I know. I've just been living with that all my life. It's actually interesting. I was talking to um, Louisa Daniels from this amazing band called Gus and Iggy, who I know that you know of mm. over in Sydney. And um, I'd stayed at this place in New South Wales over, <laughs> over Christmas, uh, which is where my brother-in-law lives. And um, not being from New South Wales, I didn't realise that there's this way that you pronounce this certain place. I got it completely wrong. So everyone, who, we, we work here in Theberton. You always know an interstater when they say, mm-hmm. oh, you work in the Barton. The Barton. The Barton. <laughs> it's always a bit of a giveaway there from interstate. But she laughed when I said I spent the time over in Christmas at, in, and I went full Italian, Vincenzia. And she laughed. And I said, what? That's how you'd say it, Vincentia. She goes, no, it's Vincentia. <laughs> yeah. I, I had that one too, actually. Did you? <laughs> oh, man. And it was like, it sounded like I'd just completely added like about 15 different sounds that weren't oh. even in the word. 
But um, yeah, I'm definitely not not legit Italian no, or New South Welsh either. <laughs> um, uh, Cicelina Sukaru is our very special guest on the show here tonight. It's lovely to have you here, Cicelina. Now, could we go back a little bit, um, right back to the very start? We talked a little bit about your beginnings in music, mm-hmm. but could we talk a little bit about your beginnings in uh, church and your faith journey? For you, how far back does this go? Mm. Thank you so much for having me here today, James, Oh, this is such a pleasure. Thanks for coming. the rest of the Archie Radio uh, crew. Um, faith has always been something that's been in my family for as long as I can remember. I don't mm. think I ever remember a time without it. So I was a born and bred Catholic, a cradle Catholic as they refer to it <laughs> nowadays. Um, but it, it's it's a huge part of our Fijian culture, the, you know, being religious. And back in Fiji, Catholicism and, um, you know, um, Buddhism or Hinduism are the top three religions that sort of okay. um, are present there at home. So I it goes all the way back from birth. <laughs> and um, for me, I think the first step that I took in being involved and really forming that connection with my faith was through music. So... I, okay, yeah, so it goes back then. It goes back to music. All the way back all to Taylor back. Swift. That's right. Thank you, Taylor <laughs> Swift. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's definitely where my journey began in faith. Yeah. Okay, and so how did that like? How did that kind of express itself? Yeah. So you so you pick up the guitar, you're learning mm-hmm. the Taylor mm-hmm. Swift song, but how did that find its way into your, I guess, into your family and into mm-hmm. your into your faith and into your church from there? Mm-hmm. So I I was born in Fiji. I moved over when I was six years old with my family. So at the time there was me and my brothers and then um so our family we moved over with our parents and we first began actually altar serving so that was where really it it began so we started off as altar servers and then from there I became a a reader um and then after we had we had an opportunity at school to have guitar lessons now I went to a public school and they have provided free music lessons. Now, this was a big deal because it, it wasn't a musical school. Yeah. It was very much sports orientated. Um, you know, we had the cheerleading squad, but music was very much on the low, low part of the food chain. So when this opportunity came forth, we had a, a wonderful teacher, music teacher who came in, volunteered his time to give us these lessons. The only catch was to provide your own guitar. Okay. Now, you know, of, of all odds, my parents, they don't play musical instruments. Um, you know, back in the day they did, but no one actually played the guitar. Mm. And just casually, dad had a guitar laying around the house from his trip. You know, he came to Sydney for a, a conference and he picked it up and he, for some reason, held on to it all these years without even a thought that, you know, one of his kids would play. And mm-hmm. when this opportunity presented itself, I didn't even know he owned the guitar and, uh, you know, he brought it out of the cupboard and I said, oh, the only catch is we, we have to bring our own guitar. And we knew how expensive guitars mm. are, still are today. Um, and so th- that was for me almost like, a, oh, dang it, great opportunity, don't have an instrument. Mm-hmm. And dad casually walks into the room, comes back out, and he's got this acoustic guitar. Um, and to me, I was just so blown away because I'd been living in this house for three, four years, never seen that guitar ever at all. Um, and, you know, the occasional Christmas um present searching never came upon this guitar so he must have hit it very very yeah. well um and and when he brought that forward and the rest is history you know that that sort of the music's um, music lesson took off and it was just every single week it was maybe a 30 minute um guitar lesson every single week and from there the, my dad was very much um my parents always 
encouraged us to get involved in parish life because that's a big part of what happens back at home in our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, every family has an opportunity. Every family is, it's all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a family of morning tea, family doing music, family altar serving. There's everyone is doing something. Yeah, so wow. being involved is a big part of our culture. Um, and th- that's sort of what my parents, you know, um, shared with us, encouraged us to do here. And um, when that opportunity came forth, our parish was very much low on musicians. You know, music ministry wasn't very big um, and it was of a traditional parish as well. So um, it was a bit, you know, touch and go in terms of who can play and it wasn't very easy. But um, yeah, when, when that opportunity came forth, that's where it began and it began at a Wednesday night candlelight mass. Um, so this parish used to have a mass every Wednesday. Which which parish is this? I went to Mayor Help of Christians in Morphavale. Okay. Yeah, so yep. south side. Um, but Wednesday mass was where it began for us. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to mass at that parish. Yeah. I've been there once. Yeah. <laughs> I went there once because they do one on a um on a Sunday That's night, which is right. really unusual. That's you right. don't see one on a Sunday night. So mm. I hadn't been able to make it to um, a mass at um, the parish that I'm part of, which mm-hmm. is Aberfall Park. Oh, yeah. um, and so I went to one of the closest one I could that had a Sunday night mass. Morphin Vale's the closest mm-hmm. one. And uh, it was actually the music there that really struck me. I was really taken with it because um, uh, um, I'm going to try and explain this in, in, a, in a most non-musical way <laughs> I possibly can. But what it happens is when um, people sing as part of the mass and they play music as part of the mass, there's a kind of a, you know, there's sheet music that goes mm-hmm. with it, right? But what happens is just like if you're um, 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 cooking, for instance, you can have like you go, oh, you need this particular ingredient. And then you go, I don't have that ingredient. And then they go, what's a substitute for that That's ingredient? Right. Okay, So in music, there's actually for every chord that you play there's Mm -hmm. a perfect substitute that works but it's kind of uh if you want like a good twin or an evil twin of it it's like a major or a minor version of it and there's only one note difference Mm -hmm. between the major and the minor and it makes it go from a happy chord to a sad chord okay so but what the people in the music thing had done is they'd spent a lot of time, clearly great singers too, but had spent a lot of time working out um, really interesting musical ways of substituting um, those major to minor chords mm-hmm. together. And so you're singing the same melody, but you go, ooh, that it's feels a little bit different because the whole atmosphere of mm-hmm. the of the of the song is different with that. And I was really impressed with the with the music at, at that mass. Also, it's a very I mean, you were saying it's very traditional. That's it's right. a feels yeah. very traditional mass, and the and the the um the I guess the interpretation of the mass is done mm. in a very traditional Catholic way, which was also lovely and mm. lovely to be a part of. Anyway, we got lots more to talk about. Hey, this is Emma. Hi, I'm Zach. Hey, everybody, this is Matt Mar. That's Tom. That's Riley. And now this is Arch Deacon. Archie Radio One Hundred and Seven Nine. <laughs> To Selena has a big swig of coffee or tea or whatever it is she's got in front of her right now. What exactly is it? <laughs> it's water. It's the water. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> the, the best, yes. Yeah. Singer, singer juice, as that's they call right. it. That's yeah, <laughs> definitely. And appropriate as she is one of the, if you haven't seen Cicelina and her brothers as well um, sing or perform, you're definitely missing out. It's incredibly wonderful to, to check them out. We'll talk a bit about that later on as well. I just want to touch on, before we go any further, um, about uh, the school that you and your brothers mm-hmm. attended. You have two twin brothers. I think that's they're right. older. Is that right? They're younger. They're younger. I usually get that often. They, okay. I, I look. I think people think it's it's because of my height, but they won't say it. But I reckon it's the height. No, but they, they're definitely yeah, so your youthful good looks. Clearly, is what it is. <laughs> um, but I did want to talk about the high school that you guys mm-hmm. attended because it seems to be this is a very 
um, important place, a, a sort of a bit of a breeding ground for people yeah. who were very active in youth ministry mm-hmm. along the way. Uh, people who I knew as students and now know as youth ministers, Holly Roberts is one of those. And uh, Talia Sully right. is another one. Now, were you mission captain at the school as well in the year that you were? I wasn't mission captain, but I was school captain. Oh, you were school captain? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. So you were school captain yeah. in the year. What year was that? 2018. 2018. Right. So what was that like being <laughs> school captain? Well, I'd love uh, to I'd love to know what that's like. What's oh it like? Oh, my goodness. Where shall I start? When I, did you find out that you were going to be school captain? Oh, well, well, it happened. I remember this so vividly. It was so we usually do elections at the end of year 11, uh-huh. prepping for year 12. But it was on a Friday afternoon, straight after double maths. Everyone in that double maths class, we had all applied for the position. Far so out. So we were all stressing. The most stressful time um, to ever, ever spent in our maths class, and it wasn't because of maths. It was because we knew as soon as that bell rang, it was straight, all of us, straight to the library, and we were going to sit down with our principal at that time, Dr. Mm-hmm. Paul Riken, and he was going to share the news with us. So that was really when we found, found out when um, who the 2020, 2020, 2018, sorry. Yeah. Um, 2018 school captains were going to be so very daunting time, but um, it, it, was an, it was a blessing. For and sure. what was the, the highlight of that year for you being that school oh, captain? Because uh, a lot of things would happen that you wouldn't have expected. Like I can't imagine it would have been what you have imagined because things like that very rarely are. Exactly. And it's one of those things that, you know, as when I was in year eight, I came in and uh, you see the school captains who, you know, at that time while you were in year eight. And for me, I... I definitely, it was definitely something I wanted to to do in my final year to have that opportunity. But, um, you know, things happened on the way that sort of led to me doubting, you know, reaching out for that opportunity. And it was like more what? like leadership positions. I, you know, I'd Why? go for leadership positions and maybe I didn't get it or I'd oh, get I it see. for a semester. And at that time, the year before you, you applied to be um, housewife captain. Yeah. And that's sort of in your final year before you go on to, to your senior year. Mm. And um, that one for me, was it was a struggle because I, I had put so much effort into the speech and I, I didn't get vice captain. And I was so distraught because to me, I was sort of thinking, you know, if I can't get this vice captain role, the school captain is a whole nother level. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, I can't be vice captain. No, what chance do I have of exactly. being? Exactly. But how, how often do the people who are vice captains go on to be the captains? Uh, quite often, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, a okay, lot of those okay. who were vice captains or, you know, because vice captains are only for year 11s. House captain positions yep. are for year 12s yeah. and then et cetera. So it, it's almost like a practice um, when you're in year 11 as a vice captain. Yeah. And a lot of those who are vice captains go on to be school captains or apply for school captaincy. Um, so that, that was a lot of pressure in the sense that it sort of brought me um, my confidence down a little bit but I, as it always it is there's always that one person that says something without realizing it it just hits the spot for you and yeah. and you realize that you know these opportunities come for a reason and it's and what was that what was the thing that the person said it's so interesting I it was when we usually have the previous school captains come for a speech and they talk to the year 11 cohort to give them words of advice for those preparing to you know, apply for this position for the following year. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, it was Sebastian Sebastian Makaspak. He was our 2017 school oh, captain. Yes. And he oh, actually- Oh my goodness. It just only <laughs> seems like yesterday that right? Sebastian was this little That's right. guy doing yep. um, HD with us as a year eight or year nine. That's exactly. wild. <laughs> he's, he's a remarkable man. He's done, you know, he's achieved quite a lot in his time and oh, his name's has. quite out there. But uh, he, he simply said these few words, you know, he was addressing the co- whole cohort and he was sharing, you know, I was in this position where I 
didn't get any leadership positions from year eight up until, you know, year 11. It was that time mm. of applying for school captain. And I thought to myself, like, you know, what, why should I apply for it? Because it, all these people that have applied have been school leaders since they've started at the college. And he thought, he thought to himself, you know, that doesn't give me less of a chance. You know, I, I'm going to give it a go. What do I have to lose? If mm. I try and I don't get it, at least I know I've tried. And it's so simple. You know, we get taught, you know, you've got to try, try. But it's so hard when you're, you know, your emotions are involved. It is. It really is. It's a difficult thing to live out. But he said that and I really felt it. It was directed at me, even though he was speaking to everyone. And I thought the same thing. You know, if if he was willing to give it a go, then and look where he is. Maybe I have a chance to. And um, it, all in God's timing. You know, He always knows what's best. And I I was at peace with whatever outcome it was going to be. But you had your usual nerves, you know, while waiting for the news. But yeah. it, it was a blessing for sure. It was a blessing. And now. You are listening to RHD on Life FM. Chris Tomlin, Sam Fisher and Amy Shark on the way very shortly. Here with Cicelina Sukaru, our very special guest here this evening. Talking a lot in that last uh, little bit. If you've only just joined us, please jump on to the uh, podcast version. If you're listening to us on the radio, uh, we've got the whole episode there to really track kind of this really kind of remarkable and inspirational journey that Cicelina has been on. Um we we're just talking a bit about your time as school captain mm-hmm. at Cardine College. This wonderful, amazing place uh, down uh, in the southern suburbs and no longer Downs, and it's linked to the St Luke's Parish as That's well. Right. Um, and it, I remember the very first time I ever went down there. Um, you know, I have this amazing great job where I get to go to so many different schools and there is just something very special about mm. Cardine College um, and there's there's a there's a lightness and and a sense of real optimism and inspiration in the air needless to say there's been some I mean you were talking about Sebastian mm-hmm. um, and you know having known Holly Roberts and Talia Sully very That's well and 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 been you know very aware of everything that you've done and the achievements that you've had along the way what is it you think about the school and I guess maybe the parish linked to it as well that has, you know, created um, or fostered, I should say, it's not created because you guys are all your own people for sure, but has helped foster um, these amazing inspirational young people who've gone on and achieved such great things, especially in, um, I guess, church and faith related areas. Mm-hmm. The For me, so yeah, I spent my time at Cardin from 2014 up until 2018. So the whole four years there, um, definitely, I think the school really does a great job of emphasising or, you know, developing leadership skills in a lot of the students. And uh, whether you've been a a leader for a year or a semester, you definitely have so many opportunities to work on those skills. And, you know, such as myself, whilst I wasn't a leader in terms of, you know, um, SRC or, you know, student leaders in your year level, there were other leadership opportunities. And one of those was being involved in YCS. Mm. Um, YCS is Young Christian Students. And it was, it's a social justice movement. um, But it was founded by our patron, actually the patron of the school, Joseph Cardine. And um, if you know Joseph Cardine, he was, he's a Catholic cardinal and he was a man of social justice and broke all stereotypes of priest of what it meant to be a priest simply through his actions and he stood up for what was right and he went on to 
you know, formed this movement called YCS, well, what it started as YCW, a Young Christian Workers, and eventually led on to something that they wanted to introduce to schools, which became YCS. Um, so that for me was definitely a turning point for me in terms of my leadership involvement. As someone who's been Catholic my whole life, I think a lot of the things I've realised is we tend to stick within churches in terms of actions, you know, um, when, when there's things that need to be done. It's always within church, but very rarely outreach. And when I say outreach, not standing in the corner of the street, yelling at the Bible, you know, <laughs> read your Bible, you're, you're going to be a sinner if you don't read chapter this, yada, yada. But more so engaging in simple ways that you don't even have to speak faith, you know, in your mm. actions. Like Fred's Vans was something that Cardine College definitely got involved a lot in. Through our YCS activities, we did things like, you know, just picking up litter from the public in um, public property or um, going out to do a beach day cleanup. It's things like that that sort of represent what our morals and values are. And, and that's what was so unique about YCS was there were students who maybe didn't connect with their faith, but they were able to connect through simple things like mm. good deeds, they called it. And everyone can relate and understand what a good deed is. And the only extra thing that YCS provided was, all right, cool. This is a good deed you've done, values and morals and values. Where do they come from? Mm. And sort of, you know, connecting it back to the gospel. And the gospel, it's not as outdated as we think. There are things in there you can translate to today and then it makes sense. So that for me was very um, pivotal in terms of my faith journey because not only did it challenge me as a Catholic, but it also challenged me as a young person you know the reputation of young people today can be very um, on the fence in terms of we're underestimated or you know we're overestimated and it's that fine line of how much can a young person commit or how much can we give and um, now currently in my role as a youth engagement officer for YCW it's it's been such a blessing because I have these opportunities to not only engage during my time in high school but to do so in my everyday life in the community and being able to connect back to to the roots which is you know going back to Cardine where I was first introduced to YCS so leadership skills is something that Cardine College does very well and something we're working on is connecting the school more with the parish and there's been a bit of um, there's been a bit of a gap in between but the beauty about it is at the parish at St Luke's a beautiful community we've got a very vibrant young community and uh, we've started a, um, a young adults group for 18 plus so two years in April it will be and it's such wow, a it's monumental moment for us because prior to that we had an Antioch group but it sort of died down so it's been very encouraging and a platform for a lot of students who were at Cardine and graduated and now need a space where they need to explore that faith but maybe in a social setting surrounded by other young people and that's where you know St Luke's Evangelist is the name of the group so okay. SLE so um, but it's it's a beautiful way and that's something that we're working on now we've got this young people's group how can we connect that and we're looking at doing things um, Daniel Gregg has been a massive support in making things like that happen so getting more involvement in terms of young people, young people of faith involved in our school communities and really being a live testimony to our students. Hey, this is Emma. Hi, I'm Zach. Hey, everybody, this is Matt Marr. That's Tom. That's Raleigh. And now... This is ArchD. ArchD Radio 107. Seven, nine, nine. Live. Live. <laughs>
That's Sam Fisher and Amy Shark. You are listening to Arch D on Life FM. Oliver Tree and David Getter on the way very shortly. Cicelina Sukaru, um, youth engagement officer with the YCW, part of the St. Luke's. What did you guys call it? The St. Luke's event. Evangelist St. Luke's Evangelist So if you are down in the uh, southern suburbs Especially down near Norlunga, Morfitt Vale That kind of area um, um, Check out St. Luke's Parish We'll put a link up I'll let you pinpoint the best link for me And uh, we'll stick that up on our social media So that'll be there if you jump onto ArchD um, On Instagram or Facebook Or wherever you're you're looking for your stuff And uh, you can get in touch with them And and be a part of that would be wonderful Because it's just so full of energy and so amazing Um, I just wanted to now spend a bit of time on our little gospel reflection corner mm-hmm. we should have a little theme song for that but that'll come <laughs> in time um now uh this sunday's reading is from matthew 26 verse 14 to 27 now in this reading it's the story of the first eucharist you know it's just you know it's a it's a very momentous mm-hmm. uh, uh event happening in this um the first eucharist the body and blood of Jesus in the way that we're used to experiencing it, the taking the bread, this is my body, taking the wine, this is my blood. Now for you um, as a Catholic, because as Catholics we we experience this a lot, it's part of every mass that we are a part of. Has there been a time for you that's been like the most moving, uh, poignant experience of the Eucharist that, that you can remember? It's a very interesting question because – the Eucharist is such a sacred and central part of our Catholic faith, um, and the you know the the moment where Jesus shares this meal for me personally, I haven't I haven't I haven't been blessed yet to experience something um, with the Eucharist specifically, um, but indirectly in terms of um, you know the only thing I can remember. What do you mean by that? That's such an interesting <laughs> statement to make. The indirectly. Uh, no, no, no. When you say you haven't been. Blessed and <laughs> blessed enough to have experienced that. What does that mean? I think because, like for me, I, it's a blessing every time to receive it. But I know, I think for me, in terms of being blessed, I know there are stories of where people have had life changing moments. Yeah, and for me, the the most for me in in that mass when I receive the Eucharist, it's the sense of refreshment. Uh-huh. And then, so it's more so a feeling for me, um, but I haven't had anything, you know, majorly groundbreaking <laughs> to sort of. But is that is that is that supposed to be the aspiration though? Because I look, I I sit with that too. Yeah, I, I yeah. really wonder about that. Well, one thing I know mm-hmm. is that if um, you the, the the frame of mind that you walk into a mass with, mm-hmm. and especially if there's a connection, I, I find that the experience of the Eucharist is directly in relation to the experience of the homily and the reading. I yeah. think that if I feel that there's a really strong connection there and that it's really spoken to me, it makes the receiving of the Eucharist feel very, very different. It's almost like the whole mass is kind of preparing you. Yeah. And that's why I think it's a, it's it's such a wonderful way in mm-hmm. which, you know, first it breaks open the gospel, liturgy of the word, as they call it. It's like, it's like a, um, the mass is in, for people who aren't familiar with it, so a mass is in two parts. So you've got like the beginning, which is the liturgy of the word, which mm-hmm. is all of the reading and the homily and all that stuff. And then the second part, which is the second part, which is the liturgy of the Eucharist, which is all about the preparing the um, um, the, the the bread and the wine to be and blessing it to be the, the, um, the body and the blood of Jesus. And I find that it really does directly relate to that. I mean, is, is that your, do you feel similarly or is it, is it other elements for you that kind of, 
depend yeah. whether or not it feels because there have been moments so mm-hmm. i'll come out and say and straight straight away and say it where you go you 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 don't feel that the, the reading specifically it just hasn't hit the hit mm. the mark for you and it does make the experience of the eucharist just not feel the same way as it does in other ways I don't know. Tell me what you think because I'm so curious because no, I don't no. think I've ever had this conversation with someone before. <laughs> That's a really good point actually. And I, I, when I say that, I mean so because I think most of the time when we when mass we t- you know attend weekly, it sort of becomes like a routine. Mm. And so for me, I really focus on – I try and really focus on every word that I'm saying. Mm. And sometimes I find that I forget what the next line is because I have been so used to it being a routine that yeah. I just say it. And it's moments where I think word to word, all right, what am I actually saying? That I catch myself and I'm like, wow, like – I've said this for the last 22 years of my, well, not 22, because we didn't speak out of birth, but, you know, last 10, 15 years. And for some reason, I'm finding myself have to think about these words again. Um, But for me, I think because it's such a blessing to be able to celebrate Mass and the most significant part for me is the the Eucharist, the liturgy of the Eucharist. Mm. And we forget that it's the moment that bread and wine becomes blood and flesh. Yeah. And so that for me would be my miraculous encounter. And we forget that. We mm. forget that Eucharist is when, you know, normal bread and wine turns into literal blood and flesh. Mm. And whether you believe that or not, that's a whole different topic. But, yeah. you know, that's a fundamental um, Catholic teaching for us is that we have that belief and we believe that in that moment when the prayers, the blessings are all shared upon, it becomes literal body and you know flesh and blood of jesus christ Mm. and when once you know you shared about the homily that does have for me a a big impact on how the rest of the mass goes and for me usually um, i find myself in the choir section so i'm always on the go you know and it it finds you'll find that if you serve in ministry during mass it sometimes it gets a little bit distracting because you're so focused and working on that balance of being present but being on time with the music, being on time with, all right, what's the next, making sure we're on the same key. Um, But definitely when I do have those moments where I sit back and get to embrace the entire mass, no disruption, fully embrace what's happening, it is that moment of the, you know, homily tied to the Eucharist that really brings it to life for me. And just seeing when you listen to what the priest says, I think quite often when when the priests are saying prayers, you usually bow your head down in prayer. And, mm. But are you really listening to what the priest has to say in all these prayers? Because when you do, that's when you start thinking about, you know, all these prayers said they've been you know, strategically put in that order um, with prayer and, you know, those that sort of um, come together to to structure how the Mass is celebrated. It is such a beautiful moment to experience. Um, So that would be my miraculous, but because I celebrate every Sunday, it's a miracle every Sunday when you do experience Mass. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, you know, I, th- I think it's also, and it really does challenge, you know, mm-hmm. I'm always challenged to, like you've said, to, to really listen to the words mm. that you're saying, you know, because there's, the, 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 there's parts that you just go through and you're quite happy to just go, oh, you know, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. That's and right. you stop for a second and go, hang on, 
What am I actually saying there? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm, I'm wishing peace to everyone on earth who has goodwill. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm praying about and praying for. And when you really do stop and break it all down, you go, far out. There's a lot of really powerful stuff in here. There is. You know, that's, that's really very effective. Exactly. But thank you for sharing that. If you've only just joined us, far out, man. Where have you been? Because seriously, I've just had this most wonderful conversation with Cicelina Sukaru in the last hour. If you've only just joined us, again, where have you been, man? Seriously. Uh, we've got the the whole thing via a podcast though so you can check that out just look for actually radio wherever you get your podcast and look up this episode with Cicelina it's been great fun and an amazing story Cicelina I had a plan for today's show that I literally threw out the window because we moved into so many different amazing areas so thank you very much for coming in and bringing your wonderful light in with you and uh and just so great to actually have a chance to talk to you for the very very first time really ever so thank um, you so much for having me it's been an an absolute pleasure having you here um again you can check out links for the st luke's evangelist the group that um uh, Cicelina is a part of uh down at st luke's in norlunga a really fantastic group for young adults 18 plus um to get involved in their um catholic faith in a really accessible and and sort of like modern way um if you want to check that out you can check it out via um hd radio facebook instagram wherever you connect with us thanks Cicelina. And uh, catch up with you soon. Definitely. Thank you. We finally got here, but thanks so much, We did. We've had to cancel this a few times for (laughs) your being available, my being available. It was all kind of all over the place, but uh, thanks again. We are here every week with a brand new podcast version of the ArchD Show. Check out all of our other podcasts, including the latest School Life content on our website, archdradio.com. And find us on social media at RHD Radio for heaps of behind-the-scenes stuff. Or you can catch the show when it airs on Life FM every Wednesday night from 9, every Saturday night from 10. We will see you again very soon. Bye.